Hey, everybody. Welcome on in off-season edition. Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt. Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here with you. We'll go through kind of the off-season calendar, give you some key dates to think about over the next 90 or so days. Actually, it's 120 days before opening day of Major League Soccer 2023. And then the featured portion of today's podcast, the grass whisperer, Dan Farns, director of field and grounds for Real Salt Lake and America First Field. He'll talk about the new install and some of the other things that are happening this offseason inside the stadium that should enhance everyone's experience here in Sandy in 2023. The 15th year in Sandy for the club, the 19th season in Major League Soccer for Real Salt Lake. Thanks for listening. Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt, brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Hey guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant out-of-state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you? If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from One Wire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and OneWire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, OneWire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club, and they care about you. All right, before we get to today's much-anticipated interview with Dan Farns, I am your host, Trey Fitzgerald, the super producer, Ryan Hale, on the other mic. And Ryan, as as we kind of get ready for, and I've been joking about this on Zoom calls and on the radio, on the podcast, etc., this will be probably the longest off-season that any of us in the soccer world in the U.S. or North American soccer world have probably for the rest of our careers. So having the World Cup start in Qatar here in just about 15, 17 days, um, a winter World Cup is is a once in a blue moon. And uh, what that means is that this off-season should give us the opportunity to maybe rest, relax, recharge, uh, in a way that we typically don't. Remember, it was only a year ago we lose the West Final December 4th and preseason started like January 9th, right? So you only had about four weeks of, pre- of uh, off season. This year, obviously, October 16th, we were eliminated in Austin. Uh, MLS Cup is this upcoming Saturday, November 5th, Philadelphia LAFC. Um Anybody in particular you're rooting for for MLS Cup this weekend? I don't know. Was, uh, the Philadelphia run was kind of – it was impressive to watch. Yeah. Sure. So that's kind of I don't know. I, uh, interesting 
see like the, the developments in LA like uh, still up against the uh, SD game and yeah. No parking for soccer fans. Yeah, people walk or take public transport. Yeah. Cincinnati came through here late in the year, you know. Anybody who's anybody who is making waves in MLS, you know, we had to see them or you know either deal with that or you know shut them down. I think yeah. that's in, in some cases we were able to do that. But uh, but yeah, no, it's been a fascinating season. Um, it is kind of one of those, you know, once RSL is out, it's kind of oh, it's still going right. <laughs> no, but yeah. the, but the games have been good. The playoffs have been great. I think that it's. Sure. Um, I love watching play. I think that I'm always hoping that that playoff. The playoffs in MLS will start to match what you see in the other sports. I mean, mm -hmm. right now it's the World Series, and like yeah. we're watching like the Philadelphia in the World Series, and just seeing the fans. Just do you like the one-off knockout style of the MLS playoffs now, or do you do you miss the home and away legs? So I, I don't miss the home and away leg because I don't like the aggregate. I mean, that's always something that like really. Yeah. It, I, I think it, it it takes the wind out of some. You know, there's. It takes. Oh, if we if we lose this game, it doesn't matter. We're gonna get them next time. Or then you can. Or then you have the games where someone's up four zero when the game starts. You know, it's like. I don't know. I never, I never loved that. Maybe that's just me being an American soccer fan my whole life. I, I don't know. That's kind of a international like competition thing. Um, I have heard people thinking like, you know, this next season when they had the the open, not the open cup, but the league cup is going to be the world cup cup format with with uh, with groups, a group stage going yeah. into a knockout. Um, I've heard people toss that around, but I guess that's technically what the season is, right? It's a giant knockout round or a giant group stage, right? So yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I I would. It would be interesting if there was a way to do a series like in baseball or basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that would be interesting to give everybody a home a home playoff game yeah. at least. Um, I don't know how that would work in MLS. It's just too many, too many more. Well, and I mean, this makes me think about. I mean, MLS has a lot going on, right? And and I think you have to give the league credit for trying things, and having the league's cup now next summer from. You know, I think it's July 19th or 20th through um, late August where, you know, RSL, by making the playoffs, we will be a seeded team in the League's Cup. We will have two games 
uh, guaranteed at home in the group. At least one of those will be a Liga MX team. Uh, that league, that first League's Cup game will be guaranteed to be in our season ticket package, uh, which is an 18-game package for 2023. Good news, Ryan. We've already sold twice as many new season tickets for next year than we did a year ago at this time, uh, even in the middle of that playoff run, obviously. And now ownership situation was a little unsure a year ago. Um, so uh, certainly slightly different calendar and different circumstances, but all this is very kind of fascinating to me. Um, TV ratings for the NWSL final last week were great on CBS. Um TV ratings for the MLS Cup playoffs have been up slightly. We'll see what Philly and LAFC are able to do on a Saturday during college football season in the mid-afternoon, 2 p.m. Mountain Time on Fox. Um, Obviously, those are two big TV markets. The problem with MLS historically, and again, young league, and you know we're not even a full generation old as a club, but um, you know RSL fans aren't generally watching a lot of other MLS games. Obviously, we have some hardcore MLS snobs like myself who do spend, but I don't watch as much MLS as even I used to because now there's there's going to be 29 teams next year with St. Louis coming in. I think we all saw the news this week that Messi might be coming next summer to Miami. So I'm looking forward to the schedule announcement. I'm hoping we have a home game against Miami and in uh, August or September next year, which means it would be one of Messi's first games with Miami. But, you know, I don't want Miami coming to, to America first field here in March because, you know, that means no Messi. Um, but whatever. While we're talking about some of this, I want to just give the, the listeners a, a little kind of snapshot at the upcoming calendar. So MLS Cup is Saturday, November 5th. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 7th through the 9th next week is a 48-hour trade window. The expansion draft uh, lists, both protected and eligible lists, will be distributed from Major League Soccer to the clubs on Thursday the 10th. Those will be made public. Friday the 11th is the actual expansion draft for St. Louis. Uh, Trade window will reopen after that draft. I think it, most people listening to this pod probably remember that homegrowns are not eligible, DPs are not eligible. So uh, I think RSL is in a very good shape uh, to protect the players that we believe are the core. And then you'll have a, another group of probably 10 players, so almost 20 guys out of our 30-something man roster um, should not be exposed, if you will, to St. Louis. Um, So that expansion draft is Friday the 11th. The following week, you get into free agency, re-entry, and end-of-year waivers. That's on November 16th and 17th. Um, As we've seen in the past, um, you know, RSL could participate, add some veterans from around the league through any one of those mechanisms. While that's opening up, the FIFA World Cup in Qatar kicks off Sunday, November 20th, so a little more than a week before Thanksgiving. USA plays Gareth Bale and Wales on Monday the 21st. 
Uh, Brian Oviedo and Costa Rica play Spain on Wednesday the 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving. USA England is on Black Friday. Hopefully by Black Friday, Ryan, we know who and when our home opener for um, for next year is. And um, so that could be exciting. Presumably there'll be some RSL ticketing and merchandise specials that are launched for Black Friday. Um Again, Costa Rica plays Japan on Sunday the 27th. USA plays, uh, as I mentioned, England on Black Friday, plays Iran on Tuesday the 29th. Cyber Monday is Monday the 28th, I think, so there'll be other ticket and merch specials then. Um, December, again, very World Cup-oriented. The World Cup final is on Sunday the 18th. We believe earlier that week, let's say Friday, December 16th, is when we think we'll have the full 2023 MLS and RSL season schedule released. And then, uh, again, right before Christmas, Wednesday the 21st, is the college draft uh, for Major League Soccer. And then we get into Christmas, that week between Christmas and New Year's. Presumably is dead, but you could have RSL, like, new contracts, player signings, et cetera, et cetera, happening throughout the month of December. And then January 6th, Rye, we get back into preseason. Uh, the guys are going to do their physicals on uh, you know the 6th or 7th, and then we're off and running, spend some time in Arizona or California, certainly spend some time here in Utah. We'll have our town halls like we usually do with ownership, uh, business front office, soccer front office folks, Um, hopefully we can do some of those so people can hear from Demir and Pablo and the other people that, um, you know, season ticket holders want to hear from. And then I'm thinking, um, we'll probably have our first home game on either March 3rd or March 10th, but, uh, the season's going to kick off February 25th and we'll probably be on the road for that. Hopefully we don't have a February home game, uh, for RSL, especially, when you hear um, from Dan Farns here momentarily about uh, everything that, that he's hoping for weather-wise and timing-wise on getting that new field installed. So, sorry, I just ran through a bunch of stuff, but that's sort of what the next 120 days look like for the club on a, in a broad stroke. Anything there uh, stand out to you? Well, we keep talking about how long this offseason is. Doesn't, doesn't, not a lot doesn't of, feel long, Not a lot it? of downtime there. And yeah. then just gearing up for the World Cup in the middle of November is just a weird feeling, but I'm excited for it. I love the, the transition from club soccer to international and the World Cup is going to be – I mean, obviously it's a spectacle, and this year it doesn't seem like there's – you know the you know, add some nitro fuel to that too. There's going to be a lot of things happening there. Um, quick shout out though, uh, NWSL finals, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn. Yeah. Great. To you know, see her. gets her, gets a ring there, but also that was K- Kansas city was in the final. And so that's yeah. X Royals. So we had Lola Bonta, uh, Desiree Scott. Anyway. Yeah. So we had, you know, yeah. our, our, our Royals players were here, our, were featured there. So this is a team that, you know, there's, there's some, there's some ties back to some, uh, Royals history here, but, but congratulations to Portland and, that's a wild uh, – talking about postseason and just how things go. NWSL offseason or postseason is wild. Like anything can happen. Literally anything can happen and basically anything did. It was – you couldn't have predicted how that would have rolled out there at the end. But it was fun. And, yeah, congratulations again to to, to the captain, You know, Becky. one of the coolest things I saw in that NWSL final, and I think it was a pregame ceremony, 
where they honored the 21 players that had played all 10 years of the league, and they gave them these, like, varsity jackets. So there's a cool picture of Becky where she's got her old uh, FC Kansas City logo, yeah. then a Royals logo, and then a Thorns logo, like, on her shoulder. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think Nicole Barnhart was the other person with Royals ties um, on on to be honored as part of that yeah. 21. So, um who knows? Maybe in the next 120 days we'll have some uh, Royals news to share. There have been some media reports out there that that the the Blitzer-Smith groups are uh, going to bring the Royals back, as they've been saying for a year. It's not a matter of if, but when. And uh, so we'll see what happens um, over the course of, of, of time to see uh, where the NWSL goes and what that means for women's soccer in Utah. Yeah, it's great to think that, that – um the, it's probably in the best interest of NWSL to get back in Salt Lake as soon as possible. But that's, you know, maybe something that wouldn't have been said like the first time it came through here it may have been some question marks. But we've proven here that this is a place for where NWSL thrives, and you know, just the fact that we are you know, we're missing those we're missing yeah. that team so much. So, yeah, sooner the better would be fun. I know definitely. Yeah, if you have any connection to the people here in the front office, you know how big a deal it is to get the Royals back playing. Well, so. the last thing I wanted to just give a heads up, and we talked a lot about end-of-season roster moves and status of players and stuff in last week's episode, but uh, as we record this, RSL still in discussions with Sergio Cordoba, still in discussions with Marcelo Silva, still in discussions with uh, Tomas Gomez as well. Um, those are the three who's uh, who are essentially free agents, but – um, options uh, are open for those guys. And I know uh, Elliot, Kurt, Rob, Tony Beltran, their staffs are uh, scouring the globe to try to um, improve this team and working closely with Pablo and with ownership to uh, to add some pieces that we can all be excited about uh, for 2023. So once again, preseason starts first week of January, February 25th, MLS opener. Uh, probably March 3rd, 4th, or 10th, 11th is when we think uh, RSL's home opener could be in 2023. But we should know a lot more about what next year looks like with various announcements and developments between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So without any further ado, as we thank you once again for downloading, subscribing, listening, and sharing this podcast on the other side of the break you'll hear from one of our favorite guests ever dan farns who off air stated that his goal is to catch up with rob zarkos and being one of our most frequent guests dan farns director of fields and grounds he'll talk about the new pitch at america first field here in sandy coming up on the other side this episode bleeding claret and cobalt brought to you by one wire five And here he is, the man of the hour, the man, the myth, the legend, the grass whisperer, Dan Farns, director of fields and grounds here at America First Field, formerly Rio Tinto Stadium. And Dan, we're catching you at a great time. We are just a few days removed from the completion of the new field install 
I guess it's been six years since the last pitch replacement. Thank you for your Twitter feed that has kept everybody up to date with the pictures and sod giveaways and seat giveaways in the South End. There's a lot to get to, but as we sit here on a sleet-filled, snowy, rainy day, how much on a scale of 1 to 10 do you wish it was 70 and sunny right now? (laughs) 10. 10? 10. (laughs) So let's start from the beginning. When did you... No, and I think we've teased it. We had you on in the spring, and I think yeah. we teased that this might be coming up. And you've talked with us in the past about every six or eight years you need to kind of replace the pitch. And I I think maybe we did some upgrades on the underfield heating and some other things. I don't know. But um, I guess why don't you explain to the fans, while maybe it was great to get into the playoffs, but also great to not have a home game so you could get cracking and 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 have this uh, beautiful pitch of yours ready for the 2023 MLS season. Yeah, it's always a weird uh, a weird problem if you even want to call it that when we have a field renovation coming up. Uh, we know it's happening in the off season and as a field manager, I want to get it done as soon as possible. Right. So even though our last game was the 7th of October or yeah, whatever ninth, it was, 9th, yeah. yeah. Um, man, even a week before that would have been better Ideal. than what we had. Yeah. yeah. But uh, lucky enough to have ownership, you know, step up and yeah. let us do this. It has been about six years, six and a half years. Okay. Yeah, it was like summer of 16, I think, when we did it last. Yeah, yeah, like April, and May. And that's a consideration, right, is you've got to, like, get with Pablo and Elliot and those guys and say, okay, scenario A, we start the season in, you know, with a bunch of road games, or scenario B, we go on the road for an extended period mid-season. I don't think any, any of those is ever ideal probably right. to a coach. <laughs> Or fans, but um, you were able to kind of squeeze it in, and maybe it, it isn't going to be a disruptor uh, to next year's schedule that we're still waiting on. Yeah, we're hopeful that we are able to get some of those early games away. Okay, which is which is what I uh, probably, asked for. Yeah, to do so, um, and then just hopeful that the sun stays out as much as possible. And if we do get those games off, then we should be in really good shape. Um, At the same time, we have some contingency plans in place to to make sure we're ready to go. What is the main? What was the main reason to do it now? What, What What were you most concerned about in terms of maybe like going another year or two with the existing pitch? And then, what is the biggest risk? Let's say we have a horrible winter and it's overcast and it's snowy and it's wet and rainy and there isn't as much heat and sun as you need. Like, what's the biggest risk for the spring in that scenario? The theory behind it this year was since since the World Cup is happening, okay. we have a little bit more. Longest offseason we will ever have in any right. of our careers for the rest of eternity. Right. So, <laughs> um like I said, the theory again was to get it done as soon as possible, mm. um, which uh, a company called Brightview did it, and then we got our sod from a, a company up in Idaho, Idaho called Raft River Sod. Yeah, yeah. Re- really, some of the best sod I've I've ever seen. So shameless plug for 
for them. And like, I mean, did I read on your Twitter that they came down and got our soil and they matched it and yeah. then they grew the sod like with a lot of very specific science that none of us appreciate or probably right. understand <laughs> uh, to replicate everything you needed here in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. We've been working with them for about three years. Okay. Uh, they grew the exact blends that we wanted. Nice. Um, something that we do have to do is match the, the root zone or the sand Okay. with what it's grown in um, to, just to make it more compatible. Um, but with the weather this week, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a concern yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so too much, too much moisture is a thing or the, too cold, too much cold. Exactly. So okay. the moisture with the low temps at night okay. is the concern, um, just it for freezing. freezes the root zone and then yeah. we're all in big trouble. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> luckily we're not like super low in temperatures right now. Yeah. It should stay in like the 50, 40, high forties, low fifties, Okay. which will be good. We also have grow tarps. Uh, mm -hmm. we have a. We do have a heating system in place, um, the sub air system, right. but you know, it was installed in 07, 08. Yeah. Um, it's just not as efficient as say, uh, like a hydronics heating oh, system, okay. yeah. which didn't get approved this year. Um, we will roll with that yeah. and uh, hopefully in the future get that, especially as games become earlier in the season mm -hmm. and later in the season okay we'll, we'll just have to have that going and then forward. probably by the time you do it the next one let's say another six seven years whatever uh, we'll probably hopefully knock on wood have the royals here too there might be a lot of other right events just that pitch might get a lot more use yeah and that's the idea too is is all these improvements that we're making mm -hmm. is to allow for other teams that come and play or yeah. whatever it is. I know there's always concert rumors yep. going around or, or different things in the off season. Now, if we have uh, these things in place where the, where it'll protect the grass, yeah. then we can do whatever, whatever we want, whatever anybody thinks of. It's just always having that communication open yeah. with, with me and with all the other people on the crew. So here's a random question. Like if you, if we did have a concert, would you put the grow tarp over it and then something else over it to protect the grass, or is that too much heat being trapped it, depending on the time of year? Yeah, it all depends on how long the show is, time okay. of year. Uh, normally the shows are when it's hot, so yeah. they have a specific kind of flooring Got that it. we can put yeah. down, okay. but we wouldn't put the tarp, the grow tarps down. I remember when we had that flooring before, the biggest problem was where do you store it because that's – a lot of real yeah. estate. Yeah. Luckily, that floor is gone. Oh. And so okay. we would, I think we would just rent. That makes sense. Rent this um, nicer stuff. Who, I guess, give the fans a sense of you, the size and scope of for you and your team, the planning, the hours, uh, the sod farm contracting, whoever else you had to come and install it. Like, how many people are we talking about over how long a period of time to make all this happen? So we make plans. Myself and my crew make plans, and we try and plan out when the best time of year this is going to mm. be. Obviously, it was at the end of the season. This year, um, we go through, talk about, you know, in a perfect world, here's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we need to have contingency plans. If something happens in January, 
if we're looking at the grass and we're not happy with it, we'll do something then. Mm-hmm. February comes around, we're still not happy with it. We have other things mm-hmm. uh, that we can do to to make sure the field is safe and playable for yeah. the players. Um, but then, like I said, we've been working with that sod company for three years. They they've grown this. They have had this grass in their farm for about two years. It's done really well. Um, and then I've been working with Brightview, the company that like came and graded, uh-huh. took out the sand, put the new sand in, okay. and graded it. They did our original construction back in oh seven oh wow. eight. Okay. So and then they did the last one six years ago. Okay. So you did that whole sand base too, that extra. Yeah. Layer. And how deep is that sand layer? That's where the roots go, correct? Sand layer is about 10, 12 inches. Uh-huh. Uh, we only took out about three this time. Okay. Um, and, and the reason for that is just to get out. Uh, there's a buildup of organics mm. that build up on the bottom there. Okay. So we call it a black layer. I see. Um, and that, when that black layer comes, it makes it harder for water and fertilizer to go down. That was going to be my next question was to ask about like the drainage and all that stuff. Yeah. Still really great drainage. Um, and yeah, so we, we've, it's been a couple years in the making. Mm -hmm. So Brightview is a really good company to work with. Um, we'll, they also built AFF two or whatever we're calling it now that will hopefully get a renovation here this next year. Okay. Um, because it hasn't had one since it was built. When was that one? I want to say it was Oh nine. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's really, I think it was just a few months after we moved into the stadium that we turned that into the practice field. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember, but it might've been 10. So it's been a long time coming yeah. for that one yeah. so we're we're hoping to get that done uh this next season are you ever surprised at how many of our great fans love this content and are so interested <laughs> in in your pictures your videos just the opportunity to buy a two by two or not yeah. buy just to come grab a two by two uh little yeah. roll of sod yeah, it's I mean I've been this is this was my 11th season. It's really just grown over the past yeah. 4 or 5 years with yeah. Twitter. Yep. Mostly. Um yeah. but it's people sending you mo pattern suggestions. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's awesome, man. I love it. Love it. But I do. I love it. I I welcome the questions. Okay. Um uh, we had a bunch of people come out and get some some of the old field. Who in this building is most engaged with you on this is it is it pablo mastroeni is it elliot or kurt or tony is it scott craze from ownership like who is is it john kimball like i I don't know like (laughs) who is who is all over the uh the state of affairs regarding our grass you know that's that is an interesting question. I mean, everyone's... It might be me. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my bo- my direct boss is Leif Smith, mm-hmm. and then uh, after that is John, yep. John Kimball. Yep. Honestly, they they really kind of, they support us. Yeah. And they kind of let, let me and let us do our thing. Good. Um, if I'm meeting with Pablo, that's probably not the best thing. Yeah, that doesn't happen <laughs> just because you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, they're all super nice and super helpful, and 
and we say hi uh, on trainings and everything. Mm. But so with the new pitch going in, I almost made this joke on Twitter when I saw your last picture, and I'm, that I knew it was a new field because I didn't see the the dog track from the linesman on the near side, yeah, yeah. in front of the visiting bench. Yeah, and I probably shouldn't ask you this now because I just thought of it. But has there been any talk about swapping benches or anything like that? So that because that the story, of. as I remember it, is like that was that was usually that's the home bench is yeah. where the linesman is. I think every other stadium. But it when is. we moved into the stadium in October of '08, and it was actually a little before that. I remember Jason wanted his bench to be on the same side of the tunnel as his locker room. And at some point in the construction design and the build of this stadium, RSL's locker room went from north or sorry, south to north sides of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And then it was after the first game. Sorry, it wasn't the very first game. It was, I think it was one of the first games is probably early 09 when Bruce Arena was here. And Jason's like, I'm feeling an unfair advantage because Bruce Arena is having these conversations with the linesman for 90 minutes in front of his bench. Right. And, um, but anyway, I, I know like when we've been out there for trainings and, and stuff, you, you definitely see the wear and tear from, from where that linesman is on the near side and, you know, unfortunately, I don't spend as much time over on the east side, but I'm sure you see it over there too. It actually, it's a weird thing. Actually, the yeah. other side doesn't get worn down. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really just the bench side, right in front of huh. the coach's box that we okay. paint. Yeah, it starts right there, goes to the end of that box, and well, I bet it. that's because you have the fourth going up and down that side it could a little be. bit too. We we can't figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, that's what... So when you talk about the organics that are in the black layer below the new sand, could some of that be old, like, POA stuff that was brought in from guys playing on other pitches around yeah. the league? Yeah, a lot of stuff gets brought in from other people's boots. Yeah. It gets brought in from uh, playing AFF, too. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. um, Harriman, the Harriman fields are pretty clean. Um, it comes in with our seed. Oh, um, I see. It's it's just that POA stuff is just one of those, one of those things that we have to deal with. Every single professional field has it. Yeah. Um, we just have to. Um, now there, that we have a clean slate, okay. it's just really. And it was sufficient to just clean up that fur, that top like three inches instead of like completely removing the sand yeah. and, and installing a whole new sand. Yeah. Uh, we did some and tests. The, and the sub air is how deep in that sand? Sub air is the same as irrigation, so it's like 12 inches. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that that's the issue with the forced air system is uh, it's hard to kind of dial it in. I see. Versus a hydronic system where it's just like a heater at your house. You can okay. set the temperature. And it yeah. regulates it. And the hydronic uses water to distribute the heat. It's like a glycol. Instead of air. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, a, a glycol. Yeah. Was that like a gel? Yeah, it's like a food grade oh. glycol okay. stuff. I don't know. Stuff to aspire to yeah. here at yeah. the uh, AFF. Luckily, we have most of the system set up for it oh, already. Okay. Uh, we're able to get uh, an upgrade to that 
sub air system that we currently have. Um, but yeah, just waiting and hoping for, for the go ahead on that. So, cool. um, yeah. when you saw John Kimball out on the old field with a pitching wedge, <laughs> what kind of chills does well, that spend down your uh, spine? I was worried for his back. It was the first thing that I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, I was worried about, but no, it's, it's fun when we know we're tearing the field up, we can schedule like we put like, uh, like swimming pools out there, okay. like top golf kind of style. Oh, so nice. we had, we had a lot of the staff come out and hit some balls and, uh, we had I a guess staff I should game. Stop ignoring Lita's emails. <laughs> right, huh? right. Maybe I would have been out there for that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> had like a little staff game, um, which is always fun to get the staff out there. Um, but you want to know one of the most amazing things the staff game made me think about? Somebody on Twitter, and I think I saved the graphic. I'll send it out with this pod. But you can fit a basketball court inside a penalty box. That's how much bigger a soccer field is. It doesn't than, look like it, yeah. No. And, like, you know, you go to jazz games or you go to Utes or Cougars basketball games. I still talk about when I go to Utes football games, like we played four seasons worth of MLS there. And I have – I remember Dunning's goal. And I remember the Real Madrid game and maybe a couple other random things. Like it's just so – I don't know, almost like your memory distorts or disorients you – even further yeah it was fun during the staff game watching tony beltran yeah you know recapture his past glory and just glide up and down i was so nervous watching him too yeah like nobody touch him you know i put a two thousand (laughs) dollar bounty out there for elliot's achilles and nobody nobody uh succeeded and no i don't think anybody even tried no maybe i need to offer more money (laughs) well i was lucky enough to ref that game oh so okay Man, hearing uh, Elliot and Rob in my ear the entire game was yeah, not pleasant. I should just give you the $2,000 for hazard pay. I'll take it. <laughs> for listening to those guys. Um, now, one of the byproducts of some of your pictures about the field renovation was, and I know this isn't your direct concern, but we did see some seats being removed from the south end. I know that uh, Zach and the Riot uh, fan club sold a bunch of those seats for ALS fundraising mm-hmm. purposes for our friend John Jenna. But, I mean, you're a big fan. You've been in stadiums. You've watched games from all over the world. What does the prospect of having safe standing in the South End uh, mean to you? And what do you think that'll mean for, for people coming to our games? Yeah, it's really cool to just kind of see the direction the ownership is is going into i mean for me it looks kind of like baby steps at this point sure. i mean we had the cable run for the tifos yep. uh they're starting that up and then right now it'll just be the first three sections in the south end mm. um the the seats are removed like you said uh, the railing will go in sometime this off season i'm not sure when and um, I should know this, but I don't. Will we have the flip-down seats like other safe standing areas? Or you know, I'm not sure okay? on that yeah, one. I'm trying to think. Who did I just see? I think Austin has it. LAFC yeah. has it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it's – it's. I think it'll be really cool. Uh, hopefully most or all of the supporters groups can go there. Yeah. 
I know they've been asking for that for a long well, time. And, so as we saw this year, moving uh, Bar Royale down a little bit, integrating them. Yeah. The atmosphere of the last several home games was just so awesome. Yeah. In that south end, it was yeah. visually exciting. It's you know the the drums and the chants and everything is always you know I call it like our heartbeat. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. of the stadium. So. Um, any other any other things you want to tease for what we might see here next year? I are they know. are they uh, garnishing your wages for the new sound system? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> Man, if they do, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I must not be a very good sound system. I haven't heard anything about sound system. Okay, um, I know. We'll save that for the Tyler Gibbons Christmas yeah. spot special. Yeah. I know, like, sweet seats are getting upgraded. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, currently, um, on our end, we're pretty set. Still working with Toro. There's still oh, good. A great, yep. great support for us. Um, awesome. And, yeah, I don't know much more else. Okay. Um, I guess just before we let you go, what was your – I mean, maybe pick a, a couple great moments from this past season that stand out to you or a couple things that maybe have you excited going into season 15 oh, of okay. this stadium. Uh, it'll be my season 12, okay. which is crazy. Um, I'm excited to see Tommy back. Yeah. I know he's just itching to get back out there. We yep. we see him every once in a while in the halls and sure. out in the field and stuff. He's just yeah. he, the best. He's, he's so close to being ready. Yeah. Um, you know, I was and still am a big Bobby Wood fan. I loved seeing him out there scoring goals. Um, the new guys that they brought in are really exciting. The Bryans and, the Bryans. <laughs> um, you know, having Julio back is, yeah. has always been huge. Hopefully he can stay healthy next yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had kind of a stuttered, staggered yeah. season. Um, just seeing those homegrown guys still rocking it back there in the back. Yeah. Love that. The the sellouts this year were amazing. Like, it seemed like the old days, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where the stadium was just, like, rocking. Everybody believes. Yeah. The vibes are good. A lot yeah. of disappointment with some of those wins that turned into ties. Yeah, yeah. Even some of those home losses that we just feel like yeah. we shouldn't have had. But man, even at that Austin game, like we got, I was lucky enough to get to go. Yeah. Um, and that atmosphere is crazy. I was going to say, what an but. insane atmosphere. <laughs> like I, I'm conflicted because I've been around this league forever. I'm obviously sympathetic to the masses and the fans. And I, I still hate the way, Austin was kind of created with Anthony Precourt yeah. and the Save the Crew and all that stuff. But I've become very good friends with some of the people on the Austin staff. Mm -hmm. And having been there, I didn't go last year, but been there for our regular season game in September and our playoff game in October, the atmosphere is insane. Um, the fans are all in. Like, it's the first professional team that city's ever had. And... Um, Look, we should have won that playoff game. Yeah. But you know, when we were up to nothing after fifteen minutes, I, I was like, This can't this is too good to be true. I know. Um and we were two minutes and a penalty call away from maybe advancing. But yeah. that's yeah. another conversation for another day. But <laughs> what was your experience just going down there and checking out their operation? Uh, 
Pablo has told me multiple times, Master Winnie, that that is the best pitch in the league. It is like carpet. And oh, obviously, a, well, a lot of that has to do with, I mean, it's it's warm and humid yeah, yeah, year yeah. round. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm cer- I'm certain that's a different type of grass than yeah. what we have here. It is. Yep. Um, my counterpart there, his name's Weston. Really good guy. He actually worked with the crew before oh, and then okay. moved to Austin with yeah. them. Um, world class facility. He walked us around, just showed us showed us the guts yeah. of everything in there. Walked us around the fields, uh, the 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 up bottom to top, just world class. Yeah. yeah. He even he was messing with me a little bit, and when the supporters group came in like two hours early, we were there getting our yeah. tour. He's like, "Okay, why don't you guys come this way?" And he walked us down. <laughs> It marches right in front of there. Oh yeah, uh, there, and we had our real stuff yeah, on yeah. and stuff. And I heard some things. That... You heard some things. <laughs> it wasn't just good natured ribbing. No, no. But I mean, they didn't throw anything at yeah. us, so well, that was good. Yeah. yeah, they're classy. I'm like Colorado fans, Portland fans, or Portland. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I feel a little bit for Portland fans right about now. Yeah, you know? for sure. Well, Dan, um, love what you do. I love, you know, I think our fans, speaking for our fans, I think our fans love how open and accessible you are, and that's kind of the RSL way. But um, hopefully the field, those roots continue to grow and deepen. And uh, everybody listening, please pray for um, (laughs) – I mean, look, it's Utah, right? We know we're going to see four seasons in a day. Right. Um, in November and maybe December, and and hopefully we we do get you know that three hundred plus days of sunshine yeah. each year like we typically do here, and hopefully by the time we have to welcome everybody back into our house in in early to mid March, that that field is uh, strong as ever and green as ever. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Either way. <laughs> so. Even if we have to get Ryan out there to paint it himself. That's right. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time. And, yeah. Uh, and obviously for everybody listening, if if you uh, need to find Dan on Twitter, Dan, what's your handle? Uh, it's Dan Farnsey, F-A-R-N-S-E-Y. All, all strung together? Yep. No underscores or no. anything? Cool. No. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll catch up w- with you again probably in the spring when we're cool. uh, getting ready for opening day. Let's do it. I got to beat Zarkos's five time uh, visit, so it's it's, it's a race. It's, it's high on my on my list. <laughs> nice. so. That's one of your start, stop, continue, change <laughs> right. goals for twenty twenty three. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. No. I'll, thanks, Trey. I appreciate I'll, it. I'll quit with the inside HR jokes. So. <laughs> man all right all right everybody thanks again we really do appreciate your engagement and participation in everything we do here at bleeding claret and cobalt if you want to reach out to us please hit us up on instagram or twitter at claret cobalt you can go anchor.fm slash claret and cobalt and use the message function, or you can reach out via email. That's R S L T R E Y at gmail.com. 
com. Once again, much appreciation and love. Go out to Adam Sessions, the Adam Sessions on Twitter, and One Wire Fiber for all their support of everything in the Real Salt Lake Club pyramid, especially this broadcast. Thanks to the man. Ryan Hale, thanks to our guest today, Dan Farns, and thanks again to all of you. Please download, rate, subscribe, share, and drive the culture here at Real Salt Lake. 2023 is going to be a great year. We'll try to get you a weekly episode going forward. This is sure to be an off-season with plenty of twists, turns, developments, improvements, what have you. A lot of opportunity to engage with ownership and the front office as we look ahead to season number 19 for RSL.